Welcome to Beyond the Skyline. This podcast is dedicated to topics about UFOs, UAPs, disclosure, and to experiencers of all kinds. I'm your host, Sheila Seppi, and our guest for today is Nori Love. Nori is a life doula, a coach, and a healer. She is a specialist for those who find themselves in a surprise or overwhelming storm that impact the body, mind, spirit, and soul. She's here on purpose as a vibrational cord for those who are seeking harmonic alignment. She's also an Aryan, a trainer, and a hypnotherapist who offers forward life progression sessions through February. Nori, welcome to Beyond the Skyline. Thank you so much, Sheila. I'm so grateful and honored to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. You know, as early as 15 years ago, Topics such as UAPs and UFOs and extraterrestrial starseeds and even hybrids were not even openly discussed. But today, there's books, there's groups, there's podcasts like the one, this one, and the broadcast Team Alpha, which you're also a co-host, we talk about. But we openly discuss these, all of these various topics. And so I understand that today you're going to share your personal experience, your real experience about being on a craft. And I'm really honored because as I understand, you haven't shared this story openly before. And uh, I tried, but I, I couldn't, you know, several times. And when I co-hosted with you through January, you know, your energy and just the vibration was like, okay, this is a match. So, so mm -hmm. thank you for showing up and making this possible. Yeah. Well, awesome. I appreciate it. I know, you know, you've got your own health and wellness show. You're on broadcast team alpha. You help do co-hosting with me. You know, you've got your fingers in a lot of different pies. And so I really appreciate your taking the time out today to come here. And before we really get into your story, could you start and share just a little bit more about you, the work you do and how people can find you? Absolutely. So uh, the overarching umbrella, life doula, um, when that those words came to me, it's it's like for the last ten years I've been searching, you know, as as my gifts came online, and then I was drawn to different modalities. You know, I kept having all these titles, and it was ridiculous. And then finally, I was given the life doula, and with that, you know, a a, a regular doula helps people birth babies helps them birth life and now there are death doulas which uh, you know having been a hospice nurse i love that people help people birth into the next life and and i realize that all of the work that i do no matter what modality it is I'm helping people birth a new version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that come to me are in the middle of a storm or a crisis. You know, they feel like they've lost a grip on their life and maybe they're empty nesters or suddenly they find themselves divorced. You know, so it's, it's a crisis that hits them on all levels, body, mind, spirit, and soul. And as a result of all the modalities that I have, I have something to work with on every level you know, that a person presents with. So that's what I do. Um, I, in, in 
when I'm not doing coaching, do life doula coaching, I do help people get their bodies into shape because I believe that this ascension process begins in the body. You know, it's really important for us to take care of our bodies because it houses the light body. So, so that's, I'm really busy and people can find me at my new website. It's, we're still tweaking it, but it's up and that's norilove.com and there's a contact form so you can drop me a message and I would love to talk with you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate your willingness to share your story about going aboard craft. Thank you. It's, it's, um, I'm going to roll it out with some significant details and you may be thinking in the beginning, you know, why is she giving me this story? Why is she talking about? But just stay with me through to the end, and it it will all pull together. And and you know, it it's a really emotional um, experience. So I may need a minute to you know get myself you know together. If that happens, just bear with me. So absolutely. Yeah, okay, so. so- If you're ready, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you. All right. Thanks, Joe. So it's 1973, and it is New York, and it is the south shore of Long Island. And I was 16 years old. And I just want to back up for a minute. Uh, With Broadcast Team Alpha, when we first started, we started interviewing experiencers. Like that was our thing. That was our thing. And uh, I've helped so many experiencers with hypnotherapy. So it's, it's kind of kind of interesting that it's taken me this long to tell my story. So I just wanted to throw that in. Um, so it was 1973 and, uh, the neighborhood that I lived in was tucked away from the blistering suburbia that Long Island has become. And down at the end of our street was a beach and it was the Great South Bay. And of course, on the other side of the Great South Bay, there was a um, expanse of land and then the Atlantic Ocean, Jones Beach, really popular Robert Moses beaches were on the other side there. Um, so there's a small beach at the end of the community and that's where we all learned how to take swimming lessons with Mrs. Sharp, you know, when we were like five years old and there was a clubhouse uh, at the beach where when we were teenagers, we danced to the jukebox and played ping pong and ate grilled summer food and ice cream and, you know, maybe fell in love for the first time. And it was open until Memorial Day from Memorial Day until Labor Day. And then on Labor Day, everything kind of closed up, but there was a celebration and it was the Kitty's Day Parade. So we would be at the top of the neighborhood and then we would walk down this one long road to the beach. And it was about, I 
don't know, maybe a mile and a quarter, you know, and we would all be in costumes and whoever had the best costume would win a prize. And it was, it was just uh, such a celebration, but it was the official end of summer, you know, so it was kind of bittersweet. And the neighborhood was lovely. There was one road coming in, one road going out. There weren't even street lights then, I think. They, they may have just come in around then. And um, it was a sleepy, lovely community that was pretty idyllic, except for occasionally we would be jolted by, you know, a death of one of the neighbors or an accident. And it was a time in life when everyone knew each other's dogs and the Italian ladies, because it was an Italian neighborhood, you know, wore black for the rest of their lives after their husbands passed away. And every summer you could smell garlic because of all the Italian dinners that were cooking. And and it was it was lovely, you know, and it was sweet. And I was 16 and I was really happy. But all of the happenings leading up to me being 16 gave me the essence of being a very old soul. I survived a lot of serious trauma and abuse and I didn't do it passively. You know, I gave, I gave my abusers a really hard time. And, um, but deep inside me, I had the embers of a warrior spirit, you know? And once I got through the trauma, I discovered spirituality and it was, it was my life. I consumed every book that I could get my hands on, psychic awareness, metaphysics, astral travel. I was astral traveling on a regular basis. Uh, I became a vegetarian, which is you know, highly unusual in New York back then. And I practiced yoga every day. And the reason I'm telling you this is because my vibration during that time was so light and so um the my frequency was just at such a peak and honestly i don't even know if i have ever matched that frequency again to date because it was it was that um it was the pinnacle you know of my energy really and you know i uh just gathering my thoughts I kind of didn't fit in after after I shifted my focus from, you know, very worldly, cigarette smoking, coffee drinking, New York, to a spirituality and the spiritual life. So I didn't really fit in anymore. And I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of reading. And one day I was writing in my journal I was laying on the bed, writing in my journal, and I heard a sound. And I was like, is, is that a siren? And I couldn't make out what it was. It really wasn't a siren, but it was, it was almost, it felt like it was piercing, but then I discovered it really wasn't something I was hearing, but it was something that I was feeling. And it was pulling me. It was as if it was magnetic. And I couldn't resist it. 
So I grabbed the car keys. I had just gotten my, uh, my permit to drive and I got in the car and I lived at the top of the neighborhood. So normally I'd have to go out the neighborhood and come in the other way. But this frequency was so compelling that I got in the car and I drove the wrong way down a one-way street to the beach. And it was so weird. People were coming out of their houses, certain people, not everybody, people were coming out of their houses and they, everybody was headed down to the beach. When I got to the beach, I parked my car on somebody's lawn, you know, really weird thing to do walked into their house, gestured to the family to come with me. I had no idea what I was doing. And we all walked down to the beach where the clubhouse was, where Kitty's Day Parade happened. And we were all a little bit glazed over. We all stood, we lined up. I was in the front row. We lined up facing the bay in lines, looking straight ahead, and everything was eerily silent. And then all of a sudden, there was a sound again, but it wasn't a sound, it was a feeling, it was a vibration. And whatever it was, it became so intense, my body was vibrating. And then all of a sudden, under the water, in like a nanosecond, this vehicle surfaced, came completely across the whole bay in a nanosecond and surfaced. My heart was pounding. I had butterflies in my stomach. I was completely overwhelmed, but I had this deep sense of expectancy. You know, as weird as everything was, there was still something okay about what was happening. So this craft emerged right into the sh in the shallow in the shallow part of the water and it was oblong shaped. It was shaped kind of like a canoe if you will, but it had a dome over it. And I was like, "Okay." And then the driver of the of the craft, it seemed to take him forever to get out and his legs seemed like the reason that it took him so long to get out because he was so incredibly tall. My eyes met his and it was like a union. It was a reunion. It was like I knew him. He wore a one-piece suit that the only way I can kind of describe it now is silver, but it wasn't silver. It almost had every color in the rainbow, kind of like, um, I don't want to say sparkling, but being reflected out of it. And my heart was overflowing. I just can't even tell you the feeling that I had in my heart. And it was so powerful that it was as if my senses were trying to equalize. Suddenly I was boiling hot and cold at the same time. And it was just all so surrealistic. 
And then the air took on this strange quality. It was almost like when you look in a microscope and you can see the molecules and you can see things moving around, the air actually looked that way. Um, but the atoms were part were sparkling and they were pink and they were lavender. And then things became really fuzzy. And I lost the awareness that there were other people around me. And I was completely immersed in this experience with him. He who I knew from somewhere. He handed me, he outstretched his hand. And at the same time that he outstretched his hand, the craft turned around. Nobody did it so I could get in it. And when I walked in the water, the water was no longer wet. It was only to my ankles, but now the water wasn't wet. And the craft was narrow and I sat behind him. He sat in front of me and then his legs were outstretched in front of him. And we were, he was seated like that. But even though he was in front of me, it felt as if he was in two places at one time because I felt cradled by him. I felt like he was behind me and I rested my head on his chest. Chill, I have never been so comfortable in all of my life. Wow. And you know, all of this had the characteristics of a dream, but I was so awake, you know, I was so awake. And then the craft submerged and in the fraction of a second, I mean, it was like a nanosecond, we went into a city beneath the, beneath the water. The, it was as if the city just rose up out of nowhere. I didn't have the feeling of going downward. It was just like, boom, we were there. My senses were dizzying and I was so delighted Sheil it was it was peace beyond any peace I had ever felt yeah. and I just closed my eyes and the most overwhelming sense of love just enveloped me mm -hmm. and I was so in love I was I was love it was like pure surrender and I couldn't even make sense out of, you know, who he was and how did I know him? And the only thing that mattered at that moment was the love that transported me to, I don't even know how to explain it, to the heights of ecstasy. You know, it, it was beyond any imagination. It was beyond any physical feeling. It was spiritual, yet there was a memory of something beyond earthliness, beyond heaven, you know, beyond orgasm, beyond everything. It was as if it contained all of that and none of it. And it was like making love, but it wasn't even physical. It was like making love through eternity. I don't even know how to else to explain it. Ma making love with eternity because it wasn't physical right yeah it was beyond bliss it was consciousness of the highest order 
and you think and that's what some people call samadhi? I do. Yeah. I do. Yes. Mm. And as soon as it happened, it was over. It seemed that fast. And then the next thing I knew, I was returned to the water's edge. I was stepping out of the craft again at the neighborhood beach. And everybody was showing up. I didn't even notice how people were coming back, but we were coming back to our positions on the beach. And then we we all lined up again, you know, facing outward. And then it seemed as if we were being sprayed with something that felt really good, but just like it was a sound that you couldn't hear, it was it was a feeling that wasn't physical. And I think at that moment was when we all agreed to not talk about what happened or we had our memory erased. And for some reason, I didn't. I remembered. So they left. And we all turned around and now our earthly senses were returning. And all of these people were walking up the road, you know, up the road to the top of the neighborhood, complete silence. People walked back into their houses, closed their door, went about their life. And we all knew that it would not be spoken of as if it never happened. So for so many years, I thought it was a dream. But the writer that I was, I immediately wrote it down in my journal, everything that I could remember, which, by the way, my journal strangely disappeared, never to be seen again. Yes. <laughs> and, and it took me such a long time to really get okay. And it took me all of those interviews with experiencers, people who didn't have as beautiful an experience as I did, people who had their life ruined because when they told their family what happened to them, the family thought they were evil, you know, or they were possessed and their marriages, you know, got damaged and you know, not wonderful things happen to them. So I just kind of kept it quiet and took all of these years to equalize. And then one day during the meditation at our mastermind meeting, which happened every Sunday, I somewhere invited a channel. I, I, I had invited it. And it wasn't that day that it happened, but I knew that I had asked for it at some point in time. And during the, the meditation, I didn't know why I was saying this, but I said to everybody, and if you feel, you know, a lot of energy in your neck, just go ahead and open the door at your neck and let the energy equalize. And at that moment, I channeled a Pleiadian who has become my dear friend, and his name is Alchemides. So Alchemides would show up 
almost every Sunday for many weeks. And during one of our sessions, he told me that I have three star children. And he, he uh -huh. told me the name of them. And I can't help but wonder, I'm not 100% sure, but it makes me really emotional. So I think Alchemides is who came for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, was, I was stunned by that information, but I knew it was real, Sheila, because I literally cried for three days. Wow. Yeah, I cried for three days because it was so powerful. Amazing. It's amazing. amazing. <laughs> There's so many women who are now sharing their experiences about being hybrid mothers. They even they either wake up with that knowledge or they're taking a board craft and actually have the opportunity to meet their children or their children show up in their homes years wow. later, either in holographic form or a knock on the door because they have inhabited earth bodies. Yeah, yes. And I was listening to uh, Geraldine or Osroco, or, or, mm -hmm. you know, forgive me, Geraldine, mm -hmm. um, today. And she, her story is amazing. You know, she, I mean, she has 24 star children, you know, my three are like, yeah, okay, it's a small group, you know, but her story was so amazing. And it really helped me to understand a lot of the physical consequences that I had as a result of uh, being part of that process. You know, mm. She was talking about how her cycle was all messed up. And oftentimes it was when she was actually in the process of birthing or gestating. And um, and as a result of that, I don't have earth children. But here's the one other clue that it was a, it was a confusing puzzle piece for me when I was in hypnotherapy class. We had to do a session with our classmate and my classmate took me through hypnotherapy and the message that I came away with, this was before I knew that I had star children, what were the words, you are the mother of the children you don't have. And being the nurse that I am, you know, I came away from that going, oh, that must be all of my patients that I take care of, you know, because I felt like, you know, I took care of all my patients, like right. my children. So I thought that that message was that when in fact, it was a, um, a precursor to me finally putting the whole full picture together. Wow. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And so have you ever had dreams or experiences with your hybrid children? I have the memory uh -huh. of being with them. Um, it felt like a dream, but you know, when Alchemides would come in, I, I'm a trans channel, I would go out. So I never knew what 
kind of happened when he would come in. So mm -hmm. I don't know how or when or where it was, but I do remember being with them. I can see the outlines of their body and just the the connection, like the energetic connection. You know, it wasn't like hugging like we do here on Earth. It was just a quiet knowing of frequency shared between us. It was amazing. That is amazing. Um, so many women uh, that I have talked to have shared experiences about actually going aboard craft, not as a mother or to see their hybrid children, but entering into a room that had liquid filled containers that were placed like inside a wall, almost like it's a library because there were rows of these containers on both sides and in the wall. And these supposedly were the embryos that had been implanted into human mothers that once they reached a certain stage were extracted and placed in these tubes for their continued you know, gestation periods. And I just found that to be so fascinating. And when I first heard that, I was like, you know, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> you know, kind of, like, I, need, I need to think about that. Right? Yeah. But I haven't heard it once. I've heard it many, many times Absolutely. by different people from all walks of life. Yes. Um, and it's not like these people are getting together to share a common story. Exactly. And so when you hear these types of stories, they tend to validate themselves. Absolutely. And so I think that's one of the things that's so beautiful about the time that we live in. We can have these conversations. Yes. Yes. And you were sparked to share your story through yeah. all of the hundreds of interviews mm -hmm. that you have done and the people you have been exposed to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Shil, I can't help but wonder um, what, what, what really helped me to integrate the whole, the whole experience was I had a session with Paul Wallace mm -hmm. and just just by observing his expression as I told this story to him, completely validated because there were hallmark experiences and feelings and words that were true across many, many stories mm -hmm. that made me go, okay, this really is real. And I wonder if I was given that experience of bliss so deeply out of compassion, you know, because I had been through uh, some trauma and just as the same thing as when I channel, I go out, they gave me the opportunity to just be ensconced in bliss, you know, and maybe not see those cylinders in the wall and, and all of the other things. And maybe now, you know, that I'm so equalized with the experience maybe my memories will begin to open up you know yeah that's an exciting thought to have those memories come back and as you were sharing this story I was also wondering if maybe those feelings of bliss when you felt like you were leaned back and basically engulfed in all of that love if that possibly could have been when your eggs were being extracted 
Yeah. I agree. I Yeah. agree. Wow. So now having shared your experience, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel light. Thank you. I feel like, oh, I feel light in my heart. And it's, it's, and it, like I told you before we got started, it has been as if somebody's got their finger in the back of my ribs going, come on, come on, you got to do it. You've got to do it now. It's time. It's time. So I'm, I'm so grateful, Sheila. And I, I have a feeling this is the beginning of um, more expansion about it. So Yes, I, I, I think so, too, because as I began to uh, discuss my walk-in experience, it was like more and more began to anchor, more started flowing in. And the next thing I knew, I was having, I, I've always had the exact same memories about the experience itself, but more detail was being added in. And for me, just like with you, it was such a visceral feeling that I don't think I'll ever forget that experience. And now that you have shared your experience, I think that this is going to give countless numbers of women the courage to share their stories. So I want to thank you so much for being brave and coming forward and, you know, just sharing from your heart. Thanks, Sheila. And and I hope that that does give women the freedom to speak their truth. And wouldn't it be amazing if somebody from the neighborhood <laughs> could oh, connect with me? <laughs> that would you be know, that would be fabulous. That was so fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, as you were going through the story, it's like I could envision everybody just lined up on the beach. How amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much as well. And I want to ask, is there anything else that you want to share or bring in uh, to this interview today? I think that what I would really love to communicate from my heart is if you think you had an experience and it just won't go away, please don't hesitate to reach out to somebody. Reach out to me. If I can't help you, I'm sure we can, between the two of us, we can find somebody that could help you. Um, but don't, don't deny your truth any longer. There's no need to, to stuff what really, really happened. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Because as I said, I believe you're going to serve as a beacon of hope for a lot of people. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you. And so everyone, you've been listening to Nori Love on Beyond the Skyline. You can find her and reach her at norilove.com. So tune in every Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time for more on UAPs, disclosures and experiences of all kinds and until then keep looking up thanks so much for being with us and namaste